Welcome to the Triple Goddess Complex, the courageous and empowering podcast that breaks down the barriers of ancient wisdom and brings the mystique of witchcraft into the modern age. In our quest for enlightenment, we dismantle the walls erected by gatekeepers and unleash the potent knowledge that has been hidden for centuries. Each episode, we explore the depths of the arcane, traverse the realms of the mystical, and reveal the secrets that lie within the shadows. Our mission? To empower every witch we meet, ignite the inner spark within, and embark on a spellbinding adventure filled with transformation, camaraderie, and enchantment. So gather your crystals, light your candles, and step boldly into the circle. Together, we will challenge convention, defy expectations, and awaken the powerful magic that has always been yours to claim. This is the Triple Goddess Complex, and the journey begins now. Welcome to the world of Grey Witchcraft. As a beginner, it is essential to build a strong foundation in magical theory and practice. I'm Freitas, and today we're going to be covering the best places to help you build your knowledge base. To start with, here are five books that I recommend for aspiring witches who wish to delve into Grey Witchcraft. Some of these do have their knowledge base in Wicca, which doesn't always align with Grey Witchcraft, but that doesn't discount them or the knowledge that they are spreading. Book number one, to Ride a Silver Broomstick, New Generation Witchcraft by Silver Ravenwolf. This book offers a comprehensive introduction to modern witchcraft with a focus on the balance between light and dark energies. It covers a wide range of topics, including rituals, spells, divination, and working with deities. Book number two, The Witch's Book of Shadows, The Craft, Lore, and Magic of the Witch's Grimoire by Phyllis Curat. This book is an excellent guide to creating and maintaining a book of shadows a personal record of your magic journey. It discusses the history, lore, and various aspects of witchcraft, providing a solid foundation for your practice. Book number three, Witchery, Embrace the Witch Within by Juliette Diaz. A modern approach to witchcraft, this book teaches you how to embrace your inner witch and develop your intuition. It covers topics such as spells, rituals, and working with spirits while focusing on the balance between light and dark energies. Book number four, the Witch's Way, A Guide to Modern-Day Spellcraft, Nature Magic, and Divination by Sean Robbins and Leanna Greenaway. This book is a practical guide to contemporary witchcraft that includes spells, rituals, and divination techniques. It emphasizes the importance of working with natural energies, which is a crucial aspect of grey witchcraft. Book number five, Psychic Witch, A Metaphysical Guide to Meditation, Magic, and Manifestation by Matt Aron. In this book, you will learn how to develop your psychic abilities and use them in your magical practice. It covers various techniques, including meditation, visualization, and energy work, which are essential skills for practitioners of gray witchcraft. Do you girls have any books that you've read and would maybe like to recommend? Actually, Freitas, I do have one. It's called Inner Witch, A Modern Guide to the Ancient Craft by Gabriella Hursty. It talks about working with crystals, tarot, and astrology to understanding full moons, solstice, and kitchen magic. Learn how to harness your energy, unleash your inner psychic, and engage with the natural world. To me, this book is really easy for any new aspiring witches. It's a really nice guide to just kind of help you get some basic knowledge. The second thing I would like to cover is online resources like blogs, forums, and websites. There are numerous online resources that can help you learn and connect with others in the witchcraft community. While the following blogs, forums, and websites may not be exclusively dedicated to gray witchcraft, 
They do offer valuable information, guidance, and discussions that can enhance your understanding and practice of gray witchcraft. The first one I'm going to talk about is Everything Under the Moon. It's a forum, and you can find it at everythingunderthemoon.net slash forum slash. This forum is a supportive and active community where you can engage with fellow witches and practitioners across various traditions, including gray witchcraft. You can ask questions, share experiences, and learn from others on this platform. The second is called the Wikipedia. You can find it at www.wikipedia.com. An extensive online encyclopedia covering various aspects of witchcraft, including spells, rituals, correspondences, and magical tools. It's an excellent resource for aspiring witches and even experienced practitioners. The third one is Patheos Pagan, and you can find that at www.patheos.com forward slash pagan. And that is a collection of blogs written by experienced pagan and witchcraft practitioners covering a wide range of topics from magical practices to personal experiences. The fourth one is Llewellyn's Witches Datebook. This is a blog and it can be found at www.llewellyn.com forward slash blog. The blog features articles from Llewellyn's authors and expert contributors on various topics, including spells, rituals, magical techniques, and more. And the fifth one is The Wild Hunt. That can be found at wildhunt.org. This is a daily news site focused on modern pagan, polytheist, and magical communities. It features articles on contemporary issues, events, and trends in the witchcraft world. Reddit is also a good place to go to learn about witchcraft, and it has a lot of subreddits that cover a vast array of topics. I was going to ask you girls if you had any suggestions for some of those subtopics. The first one would be www.reddit.com slash r slash witchcraft. It's a general witchcraft subreddit that covers a wide range of topics related to the craft, including spells, rituals, divination, and more. You can find information and discussions related to gray witchcraft practices within this community. Another good one is www.reddit.com forward slash r forward slash wicca. While this subreddit is focused on the Wiccan tradition, it still contains valuable information on various aspects of witchcraft, such as working with deities, spells, and rituals. As Grey Witchcraft shares some similarities with Wicca, you can adopt the knowledge to your path. The third one is www.reddit.com forward slash r forward slash pagan. This subreddit is dedicated to paganism in general, and you can find discussions and information related to various magical practices, including gray witchcraft. This community can also help you explore different pantheons and mythologies. The last one is www.reddit.com forward slash r forward slash occult. This subreddit focuses on a wide range of occult topics, including witchcraft, ceremonial magic, and esotericism. You can find information on working with energies, spirits, and deities that could be relevant to gray witchcraft. While browsing these subreddits, keep in mind that they cover a wide range of topics and traditions, so not all information may be directly applicable to gray witchcraft. Use discernment and adapt the information and practices you encounter to suit your unique path as a gray witch. The third topic that I want to discuss as far as gathering information is podcasts and audio resources. There are quite a few podcasts that we listen to as a group, and I would say the first three that I would recommend would be 
The Witch Wave. It's hosted by Pam Grossman and covers various topics related to witchcraft, spirituality, and the occult. The podcast features interviews with artists, authors, and practitioners who share their knowledge and experiences, providing valuable insights for aspiring witches. The second would be Down at the Crossroads. This podcast is hosted by Chris Oropello and Tara Love McGuire. It explores witchcraft, paganism, and the occult. The show features interviews with practitioners, authors, and experts across different traditions and practices, providing a wealth of knowledge for aspiring witches. And then the third one is The Fat Feminist Witch, and that's hosted by Paige Vanderbeck. The Fat Feminist Witch podcast discusses witchcraft, spirituality, and feminism. The show covers a wide range of topics from magical practices to social issues and can provide aspiring witches with valuable insights and inspirations. Do you girls have any other podcasts that you might want to mention here? I would say I'd recommend is the Magic Kitchen podcast. This is a great podcast that discusses magic, food, herbs, teas, rituals, and more where witches come together to talk about their interests and experiences. So lastly, I want to talk about building your library of information. As an aspiring gray witch, it is essential to have a strong foundation in various subjects to develop a well-rounded practice. The first one that I would recommend that you focus on is ethics and personal responsibility. Gray witchcraft is about finding balance and understanding the consequences of your actions. Develop a strong ethical foundation and take responsibility for your intentions and actions. This includes understanding the concept of karma or other similar practices that might resonate with you. The second is energy work and psychic development. Developing your ability to work with energy and your psychic abilities is crucial for any witch. Learn about grounding, centering, visualization, shielding, and meditation. Practice techniques to enhance your intuition, such as divination, scrying, and clairvoyance. The third is spell work and rituals. Familiarize yourself with various types of spells and rituals, including those that incorporate both light and dark energies. Learn about the different components of spells, like timing, correspondences, and visualization, and how to construct your own. Understand the structure of rituals, including casting a circle, invoking deities, and raising energy. The fourth would be deities and spirit work. Grey witches often work with deities or spirits associated with duality or the balance between light and dark. Research different pantheons and mythologies to find deities that resonate with you and learn how to respectfully work with spirits, ancestors, and spirit guides. The fifth and last is magical tools and correspondences. Learn about the various tools used in witchcraft, such as themes, wands, chalices, and pentacles, and their uses in rituals and spell work. Familiarize yourself with correspondences like colors, herbs, crystals, and symbols, and how they can be incorporated into your practice to enhance your magical workings. As you explore these subjects, please remember that your personal experiences and intuition are just as important as the information you're gathering. Develop your practice in a way that feels authentic and resonates with you. Connecting with others who share your interests can also provide valuable insights and support you as you grow and develop as a Grey Witch. Hey guys, Nissa here. I'm going to be covering what the best tools that all aspiring new witches should have or be familiar with. The tools that we are about to discuss are not required or 100% necessary to have before you can start practicing. These are just suggestions that you can get to aid in your practice. The first thing we're going to discuss is smudging and cleansing tools. Smudging and cleansing tools are an important part of many spiritual practices, including various forms of witchcraft and magic. Smudging involves burning herbs, resin, or other materials to create smoke that is used to purify and cleanse a space, object, or person. 
And some of the most commonly used smudging tools are sage bundles. Sage bundles are made of dried sage leaves bundled together. White sage is the most popular variety, but other types of sage, such as blue sage or black sage, may also be used. There's a bit of controversy surrounding white sage. Historically, white sage was used by Native Americans for different ceremonies. White sage was used to engage with spirits. White sage is considered cultural appropriation or even a closed practice. However, it really depends on who you speak with concerning the topic. I've discussed this with a few Native Americans and have heard different opinions. It really depends on the witch using the white sage and the intentions behind it. It's something important to keep in mind while using it and what you're using it for. If it is something you want to continue to use in your practice, I highly encourage that you purchase it from a Native American store or a company. The second one is Palo Santo. Palo Santo is a wood that is native to South America and is often used in smudging rituals. It has a sweet and woodsy aroma and is believed to have cleansing and healing properties. So while you're talking about Palo Santo, it is a bit of a touchy subject for some. There's a lot of misinformation out there stating that Palo Santo itself is going extinct when it's not. It's actually the habitat that it grows in that's becoming extinct. They estimate that only 5 to 10% of the world's dry tropical forests are still intact around the world, which is where Palo Santo thrives. If you want to continue using it, please make sure that you're buying Palo Santo that is sustainably and ethically produced. Smudge spray is a really good alternative for the witches who might not be able to burn smudging tools. This is great to use in place of those that you cannot use. Sound is another really great one. You can use this in any kind of way where you basically walk around your house and you can say, leave this place, I cleanse the room. Another alternative to vocal sounds is going to be wind chimes, witch bells, and singing bowls. All these different things you can say with sound and a great way to cleanse your area. There is an unlimited number of tools and ways that you can use for smudging and cleansing, but there are some of the most common ones used. With these smudging tools, you can use them for cleansing and purification. Smudging tools such as sage, palo santo, or incense can be used to cleanse and purify your space, objects, and even yourself. The smoke from these materials is believed to clear away negative energy and promote positive energy flow. This can be particularly useful when moving into a new home or when experiencing a stressful situation. It can also be used for meditation and relaxation. Smudging can be a great way to promote relaxation and reduce stress. The aroma of the herbs or resin can help to create a calming and grounding atmosphere, which can be helpful when practicing meditation or deep breathing exercises. Spiritual connection is another one. Smudging can also be used to connect with your spiritual side and set intentions for your practice. By lighting a smudging tool and focusing on your intentions, you can create a more mindful and purposeful practice. Smudging can be an important part of many rituals and spell work. The reason for this is because many witches prefer to cleanse their tools, areas, and beings before starting spell work or rituals. Another way to use smudging tools is honoring your ancestors. In some spiritual traditions, smudging is used as a way to honor ancestors and pay respect to those who have passed on. This can be a meaningful way to connect with your ancestral heritage and incorporate your family's tradition in your practice. So what do you girls use smudging for and which one do you use the most of? I usually use incense the most. I typically cleanse myself before work or I'll cleanse the kids before they go to school and daycare. I don't like to burn herbs necessarily, only because it does kind of aggravate my allergies. I would say for me, I just like to visualize. Mine is probably incense. 
You can find smudging tools at lots of various places. Most common places to find them are at the local holistics and metaphysical shops. Google what type of store you may have in your town. You could also purchase some of these tools online, but just be careful because some products might not be authentic. But with that being said, that may not matter as much because it all comes down to your intentions that you use with these tools and not necessarily the tools themselves. But some good websites are shamansmarket.com, apothecarycompany.com, sagegoddess.com, and theprettyhotmess.com. Incense are simple and easy to find. These can also be found at holistic and metaphysical stores, Walmart, dollar stores, or any other store that you know sells incense. The second topic of tools we're going to talk about are candles. Candles are a versatile and essential tool for many witches. Candle magic involves using candles of different colors and scents to correspond with specific intentions and goals. Some ways to use candles in your practice are setting the mood. Candles can help to create a sacred and peaceful atmosphere for meditation, ritual, or spellcasting. They can be used to provide soft light and a calming ambience, which can help to reduce stress and anxiety. They can be used for focusing intentions. When performing candle magic, different colored candles can be used to correspond with specific intentions and goals. For example, a green candle can be used for prosperity and abundance, while a red candle can be used for passion or love. By focusing your intention on the candle's flames, you can help to manifest your desired outcome. For me personally, I really like using colored candles to focus intention. It helps me put myself in a creative state of mind by using a candle that represents creativity for me. Another way is enhancing spells. Candles can be used to enhance spells and rituals by adding an extra element of energy and focus. The act of lighting a candle can be a symbolic gesture that signifies the start of a spell or ritual. Additionally, candles can be inscribed with symbols or words that correspond with your intentions or dressed with oils and herbs to add potency. Another way is promoting relaxation. Many witches use candles as part of their self-care routines. Burning a candle with a relaxing scent such as lavender or chamomile can help to promote relaxation and reduce stress. Additionally, candles can be used in aromatherapy to help improve mood and overall well-being. Another way is honoring deities. Candles can be used to honor and connect with deities in various forms of witchcraft and magic. For example, candles of different colors may be lit on an altar to represent different aspects of a particular deity. The specific deities that I've been working with are Lucifer and Lilith. I have their own altars set up. And usually at the end of the day when I get home from work or whatever I'm doing, I have colored candles designated for those specific deities. So with Lilith, I have red. And for Lucifer, I have gold. I'll usually light them and just kind of sit with them for a little while and just feel their energy and talk to them, communicate with them. It definitely does help me feel a lot closer to them. Do you have an actual gold candle or do you use yellow to represent gold? I use yellow to represent gold. So the last way you can use candles is by casting a circle as well. So in our coven, since we're mostly digital, we all end up casting our own circles. We don't require this as a practice, but when we do it, candles are one of my favorite ways. I use four candles and set them in either a circle around myself or just around the spell itself. And when I say around myself, I mean myself and the spell, or I just set it around the spell to honor the four directions, north, south, east, and west. There are specific colors associated with the four cardinal directions, but of course, as always, you can use whatever colors resonate with you the best. Mm -hmm. Speaking of colors, next we will address the most commonly associated colors with their purpose. 
So white represents purity, clarity, and unity. Red represents passion, love, courage. Orange for creativity, success, and vitality. Yellow is for joy, happiness, clarity. Green can be used for abundance, prosperity, growth. Blue represents calmness, peace, and communication. Purple can stand for spirituality, intention, and transformation. Black is used for protection and banishing negative energy. And pink can be used for compassion, nurturing, and love. These colors may mean something else to you and others. And if they do, we encourage you to find your intuition as your guide and how you use the color of your candles. Bella and Freitas, is there a color of candle that represents a different meaning for you? Yeah, so for me, yellow is actually my go-to for creativity, which is crazy because I love working with the chakras. That's one of my favorite practices. And orange or your sacral chakra is actually the one that's most associated with creativity. Yellow is just my go-to color. My favorites are usually white and purple. For me, for purple, I see purple as like a royalty color. Mm. And so sometimes it can represent that power outside of being for like spirituality and transformation. You can find candles at multiple different places. Dollar Store is a great place to get large colored votive candles to burn for deities, setting moods, and setting intentions. Smaller candles used for spells and rituals can be found online at Amazon or at a holistic metaphysical store. Birthday candles are great to have on hand for spells because they won't take as long to burn and you can typically find them in various different colors. Reminder, make sure you have something safe to hold your candles that are not votive candles. Another type of candle you could get are LED candles. These are best for witches who may not be able to burn candles where they are or if you have issues with smoke. The next topic we're going to talk about are a few basic herbs and some essential oils. Herbs are commonly used in witchcraft for their magical properties, as well as their physical and emotional healing benefits. Some of the most commonly used herbs are lavender for calmness, peace, and harmony. Rosemary is used for protection, healing, and purification. Thyme can be used for courage, strength, and protection. Basil is used for love, prosperity, protection, and purification. Cinnamon is used for success, prosperity, and attraction. Dandelion can be used for divination and dream work, manifestation, and transformation. Yarrow is associated with protection, love, and divination. Mugwort is used for divination and dream work, protection, and healing. And rose can be used for love, beauty, and sensuality. Just like the colors of candles, herbs can resonate differently for different people. I'm a pretty big fan of yarrow. I use that a lot, especially in my spell jars. I would say for me, my go-to is actually rosemary. I do use it for protection, healing, and purification, but I also use it for literally everything. Rosemary, in my opinion, is like the clear quartz of herbs. Do you have one that you maybe use in, in a different sense than is listed here, Nissa? Cinnamon actually lists the fact that it's success, prosperity, and attraction, but I also use it in protection. The next topic of tools are a few basic crystals to have on hand. Crystals are highly valued in witchcraft for their energetic properties and their ability to help focus and amplify intentions. Some of the most commonly used crystals are clear quartz for healing and meditation, manifestation and cleansing. Amethyst is used for stress relief and intuition and clarity. Rose quartz can be used for love, self-care and emotional healing. Black tourmaline used for protection, grounding and banishing negative energy. Citrine can be used for abundance, success and manifestation. 
I'd really like to touch on that real quick. Most of what you find in stores is heat-treated amethyst. And while that's totally fine to use, it does not hold the same properties as real citrine. Real citrine is quite expensive, though, and not as common to run across. Those are some really good points. Another one to have on hand is selenite. For clarity, intuition, and spiritual communication, again, this is another one of those that can be a little bit controversial in that sense is a lot of places you go that sells selenite, actually it is called satin spar, which is not the same as selenite. You can use satin spar for what you would use selenite for. It's just not going to be as powerful in those properties that it has because it's not true selenite. I wouldn't say it's not going to be as powerful because it is more about the intention you put behind it. It will just be different qualities per se. The last good one to have on hand is carnelian, which can be used for creativity, vitality, and motivation. It is important to note that there are many different crystals with different properties and uses, and that the crystals that are most useful for each individual may vary depending on their personal goals and intentions. Additionally, it's important to research and use crystals responsibly and to avoid using them as a substitute for medical or professional advice. You don't need to spend tons of money on crystals to start your practice, and you can find lots of affordable pieces. The best place to purchase crystals from are going to be from your local crystal stores in your area. Depending on where you live, you could potentially find some of these out in nature, but you would need to research rules and regulations in regards to rock hunting in your area. You could purchase crystals online but just make sure you do the research on the seller or the website you are getting them from. Sometimes they may not be genuine or authentic. A few good websites are sagegoddess.com, energymuse.com, lots of Etsy shops like World Incense Store, Sun, Moon, and Earth, and Seven Gems Shop. Another great tool to have on hand if you can is a heat safe bowl or cauldron. There are many different types of heat safe bowls that can be used in witchcraft depending on the specific purpose and intention. When selecting a heat safe bowl for your practice, it's important to consider the intended use and ensure that the bowl is appropriate for the materials and temperatures involved. It's also important to use heat safe bowls responsibly and with caution and to take appropriate safety precautions when working with fire or hot materials. You can find heat safe bowls from various different places, online marketplaces like Etsy, Amazon and eBay, metaphysical shops, Craft stores like Michael's and Joanne often carry ceramic or glass bowls that are heat safe. And last but not least, yourself is the most important tool. Your intentions are what drive your practice. Believe in yourself and your inner power and you'll do great. This is Belladonna. I'll be discussing the importance of protection. Protection is crucial in our practice for several reasons. The first reason is balancing energies. In gray witchcraft, we work with a mix of positive and negative energies. Protection ensures that we maintain a balanced energetic field, preventing potential harm from overpowering the beneficial effects of our work. The second is preventing unintended consequences. When casting spells or performing rituals, it is vital to have a clear intention and focus. Protection helps prevent unintended consequences or energy from affecting your work, which could lead to undesired outcomes. The third is guarding against external forces. Protection wards off negative energies, entities, or even other practitioners who may wish to interfere with or manipulate your work. Personal safety. Your well-being is essential when practicing witchcraft. Ensuring you have proper protection safeguards your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Here are some effective ways to protect yourself in your magical practice. Grounding and centering. 
Begin by grounding and centering yourself, connecting with the Earth's energy and your own inner power. This creates a stable foundation for your magical work. Casting a circle. Before performing any rituals or spells, cast a protective circle. This will create a barrier between you and external energies, allowing you to work safely within its confines. Protection spell bags and jars. With the bags, you create a spell that contains protection herbs, crystals, runes, sigils, or anything else that you carry around with you wherever you go. They're small and discreet and can be hidden quite easily. I've used them for traveling. I've hidden them in my kids' daycare and school stuff. It helps immensely. You can use jars. Pretty much the same thing as a, as a spell bag. However, you're able to use more perishable ingredients. Eggshells, vinegars, bugs. They can also be more permanent ways of protection. Use for return to sender spells, protection of a house, and much more. Always remember to cleanse the jar before beginning the spell. Use protection sigils and or runes. Protection runes are easy to find online. Sigils are more personal and can be created by the witch for a specific purpose. So for me personally, I love doing sigils. And my favorite way to do that is to write out a statement, whether that's for protection, self-love, you name it. You take out all of the consonants and repeating vowels and then draw a circle and place those letters randomly in the circle and then draw a line starting with the first letter in the statement that you have on the circle and then you just connect those lines to create your drawing. But you have to do it in the order that those letters appear in your writing. Use protective crystals. Certain crystals, such as black, tourmaline, obsidian, and amethyst, have protective properties. Incorporate these into your rituals or keep them nearby during your magical work. Smudging and cleansing. Regularly cleanse your space and yourself with sage, palo santo, or other purifying herbs. This removes residual negative energy and helps maintain a balanced atmosphere. Regularly practice psychic self-defense techniques. Strengthen your energetic boundaries through meditation, visualization, and other exercises that reinforce your personal energy shield. I use jojoba oil and vitamin E oil. You can literally find these anywhere, Walmart, Target. Use some protection herbs in the oil. Some examples would be rosemary, cedar, lavender, bay leaves, juniper, mugwort, St. John's wort, hyssop, thyme, and so much more. These are just the more common ones. Using all of them is completely unnecessary. Just use what feels right. As an aspiring witch, it is essential to prioritize protection in your magical practice. By incorporating these techniques, you will create a safe and balanced environment in which to explore the vast realms of gray witchcraft. And with that, our enchanting journey through the mystical realms comes to a close for today. We've broken down ancient wisdom, illuminated the mystique of witchcraft in our modern age, and shared empowering knowledge that has been hidden for far too long. Thank you for daring to challenge convention and defy expectations alongside us. Remember, your inner spark is always within you, waiting to be ignited. So continue to gather your crystals, light your candles, and embrace the transformative power that lies within the shadows. Together, we've begun an incredible adventure filled with empowerment, camaraderie, and enchantment. Be sure to join us again as we dive deeper into the arcane, explore the mystical, and uncover more hidden secrets. Until next time, keep the magic alive and the circle strong. This has been the Triple Goddess Complex, where the journey is only just beginning. Blessed be.